Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of the More Than Medical Students podcast. This is a podcast that brings together medical students from all over the world to celebrate their amazing achievements and inspire others. I'm your host, my name is Marianne and I'm a junior doctor working in England. I'm really passionate about helping medical students with different aspects of their life at medical school and also showing them all the opportunities that med school has. The team and I are delighted to bring you a new guest in each episode to discuss something different and interesting about being a medical student. So make sure to tune in and don't miss out on next episode. Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of the podcast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Wale. Nice to meet you. Nice Thanks so much you. for joining me today. I'm Thank very excited you. to be recording this episode with you. Do you want to start by introducing yourself for everyone? Yeah, of course. So hi everyone, my name is Wale and I'm a current fourth year medical student at the University of Bristol. Prior to that, last year I intercalated at Imperial doing management and I'm now also the co-president of the Bristol Medical Society. So quite a few things there, but really excited to, to be on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me, Marianne. And Hopefully it can be a really cool conversation that we can have. Yes, awesome. And thank you for um, accepting to come on as well. I know you're, you're very busy and um, it was tricky finding a time to record <laughs> this podcast. for. But I'm very glad that we found a good time and we can mm. have a conversation about many of the aspects that you've just um, told us about already. There's mm. definitely lots to talk about. Um, and I guess just to start a little bit, um, I've heard lots of good things about Bristol. How have you found mm. it so far? Yeah, no, Bristol's, a, I think it's been a really nice university to, to, to do medicine at. And I think the area is one thing that stood out for me as well, especially because like I come from London. So I've been in London my whole life. I'm a city boy. Um, so mm. when going, I think moving out was a big step for me because I could have easily just decided to stay at home. Um, so coming to Bristol was kind of like the perfect place because it wasn't too far to the point where my parents were like, do you not even want to see us again? <laughs> and it wasn't too close in the sense that I could always come back so I think the location really stood out and as I got to go to like you know Bristol and spend some time there I kind of realized that it's like the perfect place for me because it has a good social side but then it's also very student-centric so there was like loads of cafes and libraries to go and study at and interestingly I actually did a summer school um, at Bristol before I actually made my application to become to do medicine so I did a widening participation summer school called Insight to Bristol so when I was like year 13, I was speaking to, you know, Bristol students and Bristol medics. And I think that what, what really stood out to me was just the good culture and vibe around the medicine. And especially because it's a university that has so many different other subjects, that means that you're not only going to be interacting with medics. And I really wanted that. I really wanted to have a bit more of a, a university experience because when we're medical students, it's almost very much easy, very easy to have that medical student experience. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, Imperial's kind of similar, but it's only science, to be fair. Mm. Um, so there's different sciences, but there's not any other courses. So I guess yeah. that's an interesting bit about Bristol. And from what I've heard as well, it's kind of a very supportive uh, faculty. Mm. And I've heard that it can also like support everyone's differences as medical mm. students which is great and which I love talking about on the podcast as well because yeah. obviously every student comes in from a different background and with a different 100%. baggage yeah so that that's good was that your experience as well that you've had supportive 
people around. Yeah, I think it's it's really progressive, like in mm. terms of the teaching that we do. So like decolonization of the curriculum is a big thing mm-hmm. that a lot of medical schools are putting down and wanting to do and vowing to do whereas when I was in Bristol it was already kind of part of the you know in first year I knew about the fact that skin conditions didn't present mm-hmm. normally on on different skin types and I think when you go to a medical school like that it kind of me- means that you're you're kind of embedded and you realize the, the holistic aspect of healthcare so yeah Bristol's one it's known to be very like quirky and interesting and I think mm-hmm. our medical like, even our program like we did art projects in our first year nice. to learn a bit more about like the patient experience and we've done like we do loads of little things here and there they're like this is not I, did, I don't really think a medical student should do this but at the same time you kind of think that yeah we actually should so um yeah it's been really interesting so far that's great that's awesome yeah and I do feel like obviously medical um, you know medicine is a very sciencey mm. degree and you have to learn lots of technical sciencey things but there's so much um, you know non-technical like communication and soft skills that you have to learn and sometimes universities are not that good as that yeah. um, so that's great that Bristol is putting that forward like you said with the patient mm. relationships and everything yeah that's awesome Great. Well, now that everyone wants to go to Bristol, like you, because <laughs> we've been talking about it. Um, so um, the curriculum that you were saying, it's it's a mm. bit like preclinical for the first two years and then mm. start clinical. Is that right? Yeah. So they, they call it like the MB21 curriculum and it's very integrated. So you, mm. you do. I think with most medical schools, when they say integrated, it's the case of like having um, you have you start you have that clinical exposure from the first year. So I remember that in my second or third week, I was in a GP practice. Now mm. I always think about like that experience. The first time I had a, a proper experience with a patient, I was kind of like struggling with what to say because you know you really you don't when you've put into that situation and they're talking about their condition. If you don't know the right questions, it can also make it quite difficult. But the way Bristol are kind of you know th- their intention is that just get into that environment so you know what it's like. And, you know, the fact that you actually don't know what to say is a good thing because it means that you don't keep the conversation so medical, which is really important at the beginning because it's about being able to speak to someone as opposed to being able to ask, gather that focused history. I think that comes on later. So I think with us, it was always about the first and second years were building the foundations of how to become like a good you know, clinic, clinician. And then obviously you need to know the stuff. You need to know the physiology, biochemistry, anatomy. And I think everyone has their own experience with that. And I think with most medical schools, it's quite similar. You know, medicine has a lot of content, but it, it kind of just grounds you in that theory as well. That's good. Yeah. And I think like you said the first contact with patients is always going to be, you know, that it's a very steep learning curve. You don't know what to mm. say at the beginning, but <laughs> I think it's better to have that maybe yeah. as a first year, as a second year, then as a third mm. year, because I was a bit shocked that, you know, in third year we were like, oh, that's it. Your learning environment is the hospital. You just got to go there and learn. And we'd never been there before. So I guess if you're a bit exposed to that environment before, then when you become, you know, fully clinical student, then you're less Mm. maybe scared and you're more used to the environment already because you've been exposed to it. Yeah. So that's very good. Yeah. Awesome. And then you decide to do an intercalated degree at Imperial, you said. Do you want to tell us a bit about why you decided to do that and why you chose this specific program? Mm, It's funny because I said at the beginning I chose Bristol because it's far from home and I didn't want to be at home. But then I decided Mm. to come back home (laughs) to go to Imperial and study in London. And I'd say that the reason why I actually wanted to intercalate at Imperial and do management specifically 
was because as I started to kind of go through the medical degree and learn a bit more about what it's like to be a doctor, I saw that there was a missing component of the degree in a sense of knowing what it's like to work in the National Health Service and knowing how our healthcare system works and how other healthcare systems operate because we really just go in there and we're taught to, you know, it's a vocational degree. We're taught to become a doctor where we're, we have a job at the end of it, but the, the almost the circular aspects of it and, you know, everything around it, mm. we're kind of just like accept, expected to just crack on. And I wanted to take a bit more of a bigger look outwards at how healthcare works, you know, first of all, in a systems base, but also the economics and the business behind healthcare. I've always been interested in like healthcare economics. Like when I was at my A-levels, I did economics A-level. So I learned a lot about how, you know, finance works, how we deal with a lot of the problems that we have and that we encounter, especially because, you know, the, the function of economics is that you have infinite problems, but you have, you know, finite resources and that's echoed in medicine. So I decided to kind of do apply for the management course and it was between Imperial and King's and I was kind of like, well, what's the best place to do? And the best place is definitely Imperial. No no offense to King's, but um, I did a lot of research and obviously I knew you, you were at Imperial. I had a few other people at Imperial and so far all the people I met at Imperial were all good vibes. And I was like, well, I might as well mm. go there. And you know, the rest is history. I really enjoyed my time there. And I think, you know, we can talk about the business school as well, because that was also a really interesting experience of going from like medical school to mm -hmm. business school and seeing the, some of the differences and similarities as well. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's really interesting. And then I think a bit later as well, you can tell us a bit about the application process. Actually, yeah, do you want to start yeah. by that? When you yeah. when like you first said, you know, I want to try this, maybe you mm. applied to different places, maybe you had some interviews. How is that process at the beginning? Yeah, but so actually, do you want? Do you mind if I just check the sound no of the thing before? Let me just can I pause this? So, um, with uh, Bristol, intercalation is actually an optional thing, so you don't have to intercalate. People usually go through it and they do the first five years. I know that Imperial, it's part of the six, like it's a six year degree. Um, so intercalation was an optional thing for me, and I was like, well, I'm not in a rush to become a doctor in the sense that I'm not running I don't want to run through this degree I think for me I wanted mm -hmm. to really just make sure that I've assessed everything so that's where the you know interest of intercalation came up and I remember we had a talk where they kind of presented the different things you can do with intercalation so you can apply internally so do it through Bristol or you can apply externally and I think when I looked at the options at Bristol there weren't ones that were really grabbing my attention like I think I wanted to do something that was quite broad so I didn't really want to go too deep into like biochemistry or anatomy like some of my other you know, colleagues did or peers did. I wanted to kind of take a step out and do something very different. And I think management was the main one that really stood out for me because I was like, well, this is something that kind of aligns with my interest in economics, my interest in business, the business of healthcare as well. So I decided to actually apply to Imperial. And the way that works is because I'm applying from an external institution, you have to like provide Imperial with a reference from someone that's like a referee. You have to do like a letter of good standing. So that's just where the University of Bristol tell, literally says to Imperial that Adewale has not been involved in any disciplinary proceedings. Mm. Uh, there's, and then you also provide them with like a transcript so far. And then you then do your personal statement. So the personal statement was actually a tricky part because mm. I had all this interest, but I was like, it felt like I was going back to when I was writing my personal statement for medical school because you really do have to kind of construct it in that way. So I think it allowed me to kind of 
think a bit more about why I wanted to do it. And, you know, for me especially, I think it was going back to knowing more about the business of healthcare and even just learning about healthcare systems abroad. Because one aspect of the um, degree is global strategy in Imperial. So you do a module called global strategy where you learn about, you know, how other countries operate and, you know, you learn about healthcare on a bigger scale. And I'm of Nigerian ethnic origin. And one thing that I've always wanted to do is like potentially go back to Nigeria and also help with the healthcare system there and just, mm-hmm. you know, prov- bring all the expertise that I've learned here to go and help a developing country like Nigeria. So I think that's something I put down and um, lo and behold, I did end up getting an offer from Imperial. Mm-hmm. So that was really good. Um, then it just meant that I had to work towards passing my year. And then once I passed my year, it was about heading back to London, living back at home, and studying which was a different dynamic to living outside of home and studying because I think when you're at home you're with your parents I I had my older sister there I had to kind of like adapt to them being around Mm. and I felt like I was back in like high school again and having to go to to medical to uh, to university um in the morning that was interesting so yeah no it was it was nice and I think you know the whole introductory phase at imperial like i was really it was it was a really good community and i got to meet like a lot of imperial medics and the thing about management especially is imperial for that degree they accept a lot of external students i think there's about 40 of us so there were medical students from like newcastle whole york i got to meet like a variety of different people so that was another bonus of applying for that particular integrated degree that's really great that's really interesting and one thing that i wanted to clarify as well was is the degree management or is it healthcare mm. management? Is it only medics in that like mm. one year of management course? Yeah, yeah. so it's only some, it's adapted for medics. So what you okay. do is it's, it's, a, it's a joint honours actually. So it's a joint honours and an IBSC. So there are students who have at Imperial have done their normal degree. So for example, chemistry, and they also have an option of management. And then there are also medical students doing management. And the way it works is you have specific modules for different people, for different groups. So the joint honours um, students, they would focus more on maybe the business elements of management, mm-hmm. whereas the medical students would have modules that focus more on things that are the healthcare aspects. So things like health economics, health informatics, managing healthcare organisations. Those would be some of the modules that the medics would do. And then maybe the joint honours students, so maybe someone that's doing chemistry with management, they will do a module on like business economics um, and, you know, advertising. I think there was a market, there was a, I forgot what it was. It was like an innovation module that they also mm-hmm. did. So they will do their, they will do their business aspects and we will do the healthcare aspects. Um, but we had a big cohort that was medics as well as people that were joint honours as well. Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah. And how, how did you go about choosing your modules? What were like, there's some optional ones and some ones mm. that you have to do i'm assuming yeah so with the management degree it was actually like you do they give you the modules and you do it so you couldn't okay. actually choose yeah. um yeah. that was quite interesting because mm. i think other other integrated degrees are largely to choose so like i also applied to kings and mm. Kings said i could apply to like loads of different ones but i think what the benefit of having modules that you just do means that you actually do get that broader view of what it's like to to do management because I think at King's there were some modules there that were optional but were mandatory at Imperial Mm. so I think you know like for example I did an accounting and finance module I would have never thought I would ever as a medic do accounting but um, doing it was actually really helpful and you start to realize there's parallels between everything with medicine especially with accounting where you're almost developing a story about numbers and in medicine you're developing a story about a patient so it was quite interesting to see how those two aspects were transferable. And I think 
doing that has allowed me to just be a bit more skilled in different aspects. Whereas if I was at Kings and I didn't choose it, I would have kind of missed out on developing that skill. That is really interesting. And I never thought I'd have someone talk so positively about <laughs> accounting. So that's good, good. No, and you're right that it's, I think in a way it's good to do things that are, you know, geared for you as a medical mm. student because there's some things that you know yeah. maybe don't make sense for you but it's also good to have a global view and mm. do kind of like you know explore everything so that you understand when you know the accountant at the office has told you you're like oh exactly. yeah i understand what he means because i've done that even though i didn't need to i just mm. i know everything about that now as well so that's really really interesting yeah awesome and i think you mentioned there was some obviously big difference between being at med school and being in a business school do you want to tell mm. us a bit more about that yeah so um i think with medical school they say that we work as a group but you find that things within medicine are very individual so when you do your exam you're doing your exam as an individual when you do your oskis you're doing it as an individual i think the team dynamic probably comes more when you're working as a doctor and maybe you can shed some more light on that because i feel like the degree of medicine, we do things as a group, but inherently to get to the next stage, it's almost very, indiv- like it's on you at the end of the day. Whereas in business school, you notice that it's actually, if your group doesn't do well, that also impacts the individual. And I think the w- the way I say, the reason I say that is because group work is a massive thing in business school and business school degrees. Like some of our modules were 100% group work. So in order for you to actually get a good grade you'd have to rally together as a group to ensure that you know you um you do well and even our dissertation that we had to write which was like a massive twenty-five thousand word dissertation we did that as a group so you know your biggest the biggest part of your degree you know that was a big 25 percent was actually a group work project and i think that's one of the big differences i noticed about business schools is that they, when they say you work in a group, they really do that. And I think it echoes the working world a lot more because mm-hmm. as much as you'd say that it's on you, where in the working world, everything happens because of there's a system and there's people behind it together. So I found that working in a group was, I, that was my real problem, like real exposure to really working in a group where the stakes were so high. Whereas, you know, when I was in um, medical school, you work in a group and you do things together. Like, you know, you do your cases and you go through questions. But even then, if you put a lot of work in, you probably will, you'll be fine in that environment. Mm. That's really interesting. Yeah. And I want to add something as well, because I, so I did a science BSc, I did reproductive mm. science and development, and we had one module that was entirely group based. It was like yeah. a literature review that we did as a group. Mm. But I will say that it was kind of like, if the group dynamics were not amazing, you could still mm. each write your part and yeah. the, whole, the entire thing would still be fine. So mm. I I obviously felt like I still was working more in a group at, during that BSc mm. than during my MBBS, but it wasn't, I didn't feel like I mastered the ability to work in a group, whereas it seems mm. like you had to do it so much and team dynamics yeah. were so critical that you had to be like, look, we need to crack how to make this group work. Exactly. Work. And I guess that's part of management and leadership because yeah. you know when the team dynamics are off, you have to be like, okay, we need to stop we need to start again let's mm. fix the group dynamics what's going on here which um is very important in yeah. the future for for us i think so that's very good no that most that. definitely i think that point about group dynamics and team dynamics is so crucial because w- the way they did at imperial is that 
you'd, you'd change, you'd have a syndicate group for each term. So the first time we had a group that we do all our projects, all our first term modules with, then we change over and have another group that we do our second term modules with. But we also have our final group, which is a group that we do our dissertation with. So you have three different groups and three different characters in each one. So your dynamics, you need to really get to grips with how people work very quickly because mm-hmm. you know your, your grade is banking on it. And there were even some modules that because our dynamic wasn't the best, it meant that we didn't secure the mark that we could have got. Whereas there are other groups that I was just like plain sailing throughout and it was like, wow, you know, we're smashing every exam we do, every task we do. So the dynamics are really dictated. And I think that transfers to what I do do now as well as you know, co-president of the Medical Society, where your dynamics really dictate whether you, are, you have a successful campaign and tenure as well. That's really interesting. And I think regarding what you said about, you know, the work environment and what happens when you get to a yeah. hospital, um, it is definitely tricky because we also we change teams as F1, F2, yeah. we change teams every four months. So it is tricky to kind of get used to that. But um, mm. you, I think hopefully with the management background, you'll be able to <laughs> like have that a bit more. And I feel like we never focus on that in the hospital. No one ever mm. says, oh, how can we optimize our teamwork? within that kind of the medical team so we often end up doing something and no one ever thinks oh how can we kind of optimize this handling Mm. obviously um there are some people like let's make a quality improving project and improve this but most of the time it's you arrive in the morning and you're like okay how should we divide up the work and you just do Mm. it kind of naturally that's interesting Um, yeah yeah but i think it is good to have some kind of um, experience of how to manage group work and how to manage difficult like mm. kind of relationship with different team members to hopefully improve that and optimize that yeah. because yeah. not everything in the NHS is optimized as perhaps <laughs> no um, yeah but, yeah awesome um, do you want to tell us about your your kind of end of year project the dissertation what yeah. how was that about yeah yeah so that was actually quite interesting and it's you know it was something that doing a dissertation you know medical school doesn't prepare you for that in a sense that you know you do some exposure you know we have our student selected components that you can do where you can do independent research and maybe you'll do like a mini literature review but a dissertation is effectively your own study and that's where you know we did the whole thing of recruiting participants interviewing them thematic analysis of that you know divide creating our own model and that was a really you know interesting time just working in a group and also doing that as well. So our our dissertation was around um, sustainable healthcare. So oh, the yes. NHS has, um, yeah, the NHS has a target of hitting net zero, um, which is where the carbon emissions that are produced are kind of like counteracted by the offsetting of them. So you divide getting to net zero in different kind of methods. And we wanted to really focus on how the hospital runs. And, you know, that kind of looks at more, maybe the estates and the facilities of that hospital. So a classic one is um, in surgery, in theatre, you use anaesthetic gases. You know, desflurane was an anaesthetic gas that tended to be used quite often. But desflurane has a massive impact on the environment that, you know, is something that has been completely phased out because of the environmental aspects of it. So we wanted to look more about how things such as people's behaviour also impact uh, the, the, the net zero target. And a big one is clinical clinical waste and how, you know, when we do procedures, we use so much. We use gloves, we use single-use plastic. You know, we use all these different things. And us as clinicians, arguably, we just have to do those things because it's part of our role, you know. But we wanted to focus more on 
impacting behavioral change within doctors and seeing how different people who work in in healthcare can also be focused on improving patients' lives, but do so in a sustainable manner. And we did a lot of um, interviews with people that work as as executives of health NHS Trust to kind of find out a bit how in their hospital, how have they made strides in being sustainable, but at the same time, keeping patients' well-being at the centre. And you found that it was the hospitals that had kind of like a a top-down approach where the people in leadership really cared about improving sustainable healthcare and that kind of empowered the doctors the nurses the physios even the porters to kind of be more sustainable in their actions so we focused a lot more on how leadership and how sustainable leadership can make people more willing to actually care about net zero because if you speak to anyone they're always like oh sustainability here we go again Mm -hmm. but you find that you have to kind of speak people's language so like with a doctor you can't say that you know, you should be sustainable. So that means don't wear gloves. You kind of have to be able to put an argument for that. Well, we understand the importance of you being safe in your procedures, but there's actually procedures that you may not need to use gloves for. So just bear that in mind as well. Um, So you have to be able to communicate at different levels with different people. And that's what our research actually focused on. And as of today, um, we actually were able to be accepted, our, our, have a poster accepted into the Faculty of Medical Leadership and Management. So in March, we'll be presenting our research at a conference. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. And I like how you kind of highlighted the, you know, the issue of sustainability, but also being like, how do we tackle it? Is it like mm. top down or from the bottom? Like, um, mm. I know that in, in my trust, we have a lot of things more maybe coming from the bottom down, like lots yeah. of little people trying to do little projects, which is good. Mm. But I like what you're saying as well of having a strong, you know, leadership who's really committed to this goal and inspiring yeah. everyone else, you know, telling them this is important for me. So let's all work on this together. Precisely, so, precisely. Yeah. yeah. That, that's super interesting in terms of like the kind of nitty-gritty of how you manage to do that research what does it look like is it you're reading lots of things online or you mm. you know going up and interview someone about yeah. the sustainability thing how did you do that research yeah so this is where the group aspect comes into it because that's where you think of like one person if they were to do this by themselves it would be really hard it's kind of like it goes back to that proverb proverb of if if you want to go far work together if you want to go fast work alone so i think to in order for us to go far we had to really divide up a lot of the tasks so we had a group of people that were doing our narrative literature review so i think in total they probably read around 500 papers between them you know that was a group of three people so that's about 100 100 papers Mm. average on over 100 papers per person and they had to really critically analyze because you had to find out what was already written in the literature and then there was a team of people that did the research around who are the right participants you know who are the right people to interview how do we want to do this do we want to make it nationwide do we want to focus on imperial and we decided to do a nationwide project where we looked at trust all across the country and we identified particular you know thought leaders in this space so people that have championed sustainability but we also looked at hospitals who haven't necessarily had a lot of things going around sustainability as well so we approached them and i was on the recruitment team as well as the interview team and what i found is that an interview is an interview in research is not as simple as just having an interview like you have to have a list of questions prepared mm-hmm. and you also need to focus on different techniques so is it going to be a semi-structured interview is it going to be a structured interview like yeah. i was just like i just want to talk to people they're like no 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 it has to be done with grounded theory yeah. it needs to be analyzed a certain way so you find that with research 
there's a lot of things you need to do so that it's done well and I think that was the bit that I was like really so I was just so surprised I was like so you're telling me I just can't do it this way because this person wrote a whole paper saying that that technique is not good mm. so I think it was really interesting doing that so we all divided up our roles and I interviewed a thing around we had about 25 participants I interviewed 12 and another of my colleagues interviewed 13 and we then you know did the transcripts for those interviews started to analyze that and I think that's where I really saw the the kind of the power in just being able to speak to someone and kind of find out their perspectives and make them comfortable it's kind of similar to like the conversation we're having now like I feel mm. really at ease and it's a really flowing conversation with research that's also as important because the insights of a person can really dictate to how you improve and I think that that qualitative research it really showed me the power of qualitative research where people quantitative research kind of steals the headlines because you want to know about specific drug interactions and but really finding out someone's perspective and a group of different people's perspectives allows you to do an intervention in a different way to just giving someone a drug for example that is so interesting and i don't think i realized that the management bsc had so much like research in it yeah like because you mentioned literature review but also like you said qualitative research and I think I was always more thinking that management was, they were teaching you management things, and <laughs> you're doing some management projects, but all that yeah. research thing is, is new to me today. So that's very interesting to learn. Mm. It sounds like it must have been really interesting for you as well to carry out that um, study. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's why I said that, that whole aspect of just independent research and working with other people has really built a skillful life because I think I use I always find myself being like oh wow like I'm, I'm entering a situation where I feel like really comfortable and before I would have felt really like uncomfortable in that situation but when you've put yourself in that exposure like of 25,000 words all-nighters mm -hmm. all those experiences really build you to be mm -hmm. adaptable for a variety of different things so it, it has been it was I definitely say it was a very diff tough year because I think management you know, there's loads of modules. We still had to do exams. Yeah. We still had to do, you know, loads of other things in addition to this massive dissertation. Um, so that meant that was a really challenging year. It wasn't a year off by any means, which is what I thought I was getting into. But um, it was it was a year on is what I always say. And I'm glad I, I went through that because it made, it, it actually made the transition back into medical school a lot easier because I felt like at times I was doing things that were harder than medical school. And I know that's a very controversial opinion, but to think of the things that you do in a degree like management where it's so multifaceted whereas with medicine you really just have kind of two things you need to pass your exams and pass your oskis and develop those skills so i think that was it was a unique thing mm, definitely yeah. it sounds really interesting and it sounds like um definitely a busy year yeah i know some some bscs are maybe not as busy for example, mm. I know the science ones are a bit <laughs> less busy than the management yeah. and the engineering ones, but it sounds like you mm. got to do a lot of learning in many different fields, like you said, that was yeah. very broad. Um, awesome. So overall, you'd recommend the experience and you'd yeah. recommend other people do it. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Great, great. Any tips for someone who's maybe starting their management BSc soon? Anything yes. to tell them to help them yes. out? I'd say um, focus on having a good culture within your group. So before you dive deep into the assignment, which I know is probably what's going to be on the back of everyone's minds mm. or the front of everyone's minds, I think start off with really getting to know the people in your group. Like, you know, one thing we did that was really helpful was we just have lunch together. We'd have lunch maybe once or twice before we actually get into the groups of work and 
we really would spend a lot of time just getting to know each other and I know that some groups used to have like a meal before they started projects like mm. they really treated it like it was a business deal like oh yes let's have a let's take each other out for lunch and start to know a bit more about other people and that just meant that you get to know the people well and you you start to see people in a different environment and then that means that when you when it gets to working with them you know what effectively what makes them tick and you know what makes them work and that means that you're very more you're more intentional with how you communicate and purposeful so yeah, I'd say focus on having a good group dynamic because that's what's going to get you the marks and is what's going to get you to do well in the degree. So interesting. Yeah. Great. Thank you for these no tips. Um, 